Welcome to the Project Unite podcast. My name is Janelle Lewandowski, and I'm here with my co-host Liz Toffness. We're parents in the Crosby-Ironton School District. Project Unite is a group of district educators, parents, and community members. Our goal is to strengthen the school community partnership for the benefit of all of our students. Through this podcast, we'll be bringing you up-to-date news and interviews to share with you all the good work being done in our district. Welcome. We're here today with Amy Gray, Executive Director of Kinship Partners. Welcome to the Project Unite podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, we're excited to talk to you today. Could you just start by sharing what Kinship Partners is and what you do? Yeah, Kinship Partners is a one-on-one youth mentoring organization, and we have been serving the greater Brainerd Lakes area for 37 years, and we've been in the Crosby community for at least 15 years. I think our records are a little sketchy as to when we actually started, but we've had an office here in Crosby for over 12 years now. And so we provide one-on-one mentoring either in the community where a volunteer would spend time just engaging in activities that they and their youth partner would both enjoy. So it could be watching the Vikings game on Sunday afternoon, or it could be going hunting, or it could be mountain biking. It could be going fishing, you know, out in Serpent Lake. It can be doing really anything. It could be baking, you know, apple harvesting, whatever it is that, mm-hmm. that the partners are interested in doing together. We do thorough background checks on all of our adult volunteers. We um, kind of get to know everybody in terms of through interviews and so that we can make a good match in terms of interest and geography. And the average length of a match within Kinship Partners is three years. And so we do see our matches sticking together sometimes much longer than that. You know, 25, 30 years well, later, we hear that they're still in touch with the, their partnership cool. from when they were youth. So we're really proud of the longevity that we've had with these programs and the impact that we've had. Um, they really have been a very significant piece of, piece of a lot of people's puzzles, I guess, of their lives for, for a long time. And then we also have our school-based mentoring program, which is Lunch Buddies, and we have that at Crest, and that is going on Mondays right now. Every other, it's the first and third Monday, I'm sorry, second and fourth Monday, I think I have that correct. Mm -hmm. And so the volunteers come in, it's just twice a month. You go in and have lunch with a child over the lunch break. Uh, Again, it's just two hours a month, and you have an activity or craft, and it's facilitated by a kinship staff person. And it's just a lot of fun. And even though it seems like a really small time frame to spend with a child in a mentoring capacity, the, the, the results that we hear from teachers and from administrators and from parents is that behaviors tend to improve, attendance in school improves, behaviors towards school improve, we've seen academic improvements. So there really is quite an impact that volunteers can have even in that short little window of time just twice a month. So we look for people who are in the business community or retirees, anybody who wants to volunteer. We have lots of opportunities. Um, In our community-based mentoring, volunteers can be individuals, they can be couples, it can be families. So if you're thinking, well, my family already has a lot going on, but you're around most of the time or on weekends, you can just involve another child in what it is that you do. And it's just a great way of showing a child another way of life and just kind of opening their eyes and opening some doors into new adventures and new experiences that they may not otherwise have access to. So at the crux of it, that is what we do. Uh, The Surgeon General just released a report on the epidemic of loneliness and isolation and really talking about the not just the the emotional mental health aspects of loneliness and this the social social isolation that we've all experienced but it's really there are so many physical impacts too that the the physical impacts are actually the long-term impacts 
they said are equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And we're seeing increased wow. risks in stroke oh and dementia and all sorts of things with people just from the social isolation. And it's not just with COVID. This has been happening over the last two decades. We've been seeing this trend. And kids, especially the youth 15 to 24, have set, reported a 70% decline in time spent one-on-one with their friends. And so we're really not mm-hmm. seeing people connecting. And what they're finding that helps to prevent and mitigate the long-term impacts of this isolation, it's through really quality social connections. And the Surgeon General specifically lists mentoring as an example of a function of how we create those social connections. And that's exactly what Kinship does and what we've been doing for 37 years. So we really are, it's, it's not just about feel good and having fun with somebody, which it is, but it's so much more because the mental health component, I mean, we've seen such an increase in anxiety and depression and suicidal ideation, especially amongst our youth. And the social connections are critical for helping to manage and to mitigate that. So that's really the work that Kinship is doing is it's incredibly important and it's, it has a significant impact on the mental and physical health of both the youth and the adult partner because your volunteers are getting out there and they're socially engaging as well. So it's really, it's a twofold. We hear from our volunteers on a regular basis that they get just as much, if not more, out of mentoring as the kids. And so it's a fun experience. I would encourage anybody who hasn't done it to get involved. Um, And it's just, you know, I think the word mentor can feel like a lot for some people. It feels like a very heavy word. But, you know, if you're a coach or a teacher, you know, we, we... or in a natural mentoring capacity, but the truth is everybody has something to offer. So you don't need to be a coach or a youth pastor or a teacher in order to have the skills to be a good mentor. It's just, you know, I really enjoy woodworking and I wanna teach somebody how to woodwork or I wanna be with somebody that I can just share my passion with. And if we find a kid who's also interested in woodworking, it could be a great match. And it's the time spent, especially with boys, the time spent in activity, you generate more conversation than you do just mm-hmm. sitting around, yep. you know, having a cup of tea and <laughs> chatting. Mm-hmm. We don't find that as much with our boys uh, as we do with our girls. So it's just a really nice way for people to come together, finding common ground and finding common activities and just having fun together and building those natural relationships and just finding that those true and authentic social connections as well. That is so neat. I mean, I'm, I'm learning so much um, and what an exciting program. Um, I'm wondering how, how do youth get involved? How, how does a child uh, become, you know, be matched with a kinship partner? And how do adults, how do the adult mentors, what are the steps people can take? Great question. So if you're a parent or a caregiver and you're interested in enrolling a child in kinship, uh, you can go to our website, kinshippartners.org. Right now, all of the forms are downloadable PDFs. We are in the process of building a new website where everything will be digital. So if you have a smartphone, you can enroll the kid right from your phone. So that will be helpful or as a volunteer. Um, but right now, the forms, they're, like I said, they're available as a downloadable PDF. If you don't have a printer or don't have access to one, we can certainly mail you the forms too. Uh, and then you just fill out, it's a, just a child like information form just to get some more information like date of birth, um, age, grade level, uh, interests, you know, just to learn a little bit about the child. And then the caregiver, we get some of their information and we take all kids, every kid benefits from mentoring. So there aren't any requirements okay. for who can be involved in the program. Uh, you know, we do see, 
I would say the majority of the kids that we serve tend to, you know, come from more challenging backgrounds that are outside of their control. And we have these amazing, smart, fun, funny, engaging kids that just really could use an extra friend in their lives. Mm -hmm. But again, everybody benefits from mentoring. And so we have kids who have two parents and they work and they just don't have a lot of time or they have two loving parents and they have six kids and not everybody gets enough of mom and dad's time. We have kids that come from single parent families. We have kids in transitional housing. We have kids that come from foster care. It really, it runs the gamut of, of who we serve because um, we really are here to support all youth and we're not, we're not pigeonholing or we're not, you know, putting any criteria for what that looks like other than age. So we serve from age five all the way up until roughly 17. We do ask for a one-year commitment. And so by the time somebody turns 18 or graduates from high school, then that's that's when we would end the programming. So if you turn 18, of course, during your senior year, we would continue that match through graduation. And we do have a lot of people that get matched as, you know, elementary students and they stay matched all the way through high school graduation. And so um, that would be the for the child. And then we do it, once we have the application, we will do interviews with the caregiver and with the child. And we'd like to do them separately in the same facility. We want everyone to feel safe. Um, but then we just really get it to know the kid and know the family and what are the expectations? What are they looking for? We talk about the expectations of, of us as a program, you know, in terms of making sure you're remaining in communication with the partnership, with the, with the mentor and staying in contact with us, with change of address. I mean, things like mm -hmm. that so that we can stay in touch. And then we follow up every month to make sure that things are going well, just to check in, see how that's just so we can support the match as a whole. And then for the volunteer side of things, it's the same kind of process. There's an application, you fill out the application, we ask for three references as well, personal references that we can contact. And then we do a full criminal background check, it's a nationwide background check. We take youth safety very seriously, so we wanna make sure that anybody that comes through the program is safe to be with a child. We don't want our mentors to feel like they have to bring resources to the relationship because okay. A lot of people don't have, you know, have, well, we're on, I think, limited budgets right now. We were just talking before we started taping that, you know, the cost of living has gone up so much. And so we want people to know that you're not expected to spend money to be a good mentor or to engage in this program. So once we have, once we have you matched, like I said, we support you. And then through the school-based programs, uh, you get matched. Once school starts, we like to kind of help people feel each other out and get to know each other the first couple sessions and then we do the matching. Uh, we do work with the collaborative workers primarily, so Tepe Bundy has been very helpful here at Cross in helping us identify kids for the lunch programs. So the majority of the kids from our school base, or I'm sorry, for our, yeah, our school programs come through the collaborative workers. Um, whereas community-based mentors, and, and for school base, anybody, if a parent wanted their child enrolled in Lunch Buddies, they could ask us to do that. You know, they can apply and have their child enroll in Lunch Buddies. Um, but primarily, Tepe has been the, the contact who's, who's recruited kids for that and working with the teachers and staff to identify kids that might be, you know, most benefiting from a mentor. And then in the community-based program, we get referrals from families, from caregivers, from grandparents who want their kid in the program, from um, county social workers, school school staff, we get them from all over the place for referrals. The, the, whoever has the legal caregiver or the legal guardian has to be in agreement for the child to be in the program and the child also has to be in agreement that they want to be in the program. So um, we certainly don't want to match a mentor with a reluctant child who's not interested. <laughs> Relationships are hard enough so we want people who are both willing participants to come together. And then once we do the match we give a chance you know, both parties a chance to kind of get to know each other in a, in a safe space where there's more, like we're there to help facilitate. And you know, if there's an instant match and the instant connection, great. And if they think 
maybe I need a little bit more time, then we can always connect again with them to just feel it out. We never want someone to feel like once we're matched, this is it, you know, because we all know that sometimes relationships work out and sometimes they just don't for whatever reason. And if it's not working, we're there to help support whatever needs to happen to, to best support the mentor and the child. And we want to honor the needs of both. So if the match is not working for either party, we always try to find resolution first. And if we can't, then we will help to dissolve the match in a way that helps preserve the individual relationship and relationship with self and everything else. We never want anyone to walk away feeling rejected or that they, that it's a negative experience for them. So we really want to honor people's emotional needs as well through that process. And then we're also hiring a program coordinator to help manage our other programs and probably maybe take over lunch buddies too, um, if need be. Do you know what time the lunch buddies take place? It's around noon. Yeah. Is it over? Is it something people could do over their lunch hour? Oh, one hundred percent. Pretty common. That yes, people it, come in. That is very common, and that's what we really. When we started with lunch buddies, that was really the goal was to be able to engage the business community more and people who are working during the day and maybe don't have time. You know, I could look at myself and think, well, you know, my husband and I have this beautifully blended family. We have six children. We both work full time. My kid, you know, the kids are in activities. We've got hockey and gymnastics mm-hmm. and whatever. We don't. It would be difficult for us with our travel schedules and the back and forth to consistently incorporate a child into our daily lives. So we love lunch buddies because you know that would be a great way for my husband and myself to engage with kinship and to to mentor a child in a way that fits with our schedules and doesn't you know it doesn't like interrupt the flow of our our everyday life with our kids and it doesn't we're not trying to manage another child at those yep, times yep. and we have so much going on but it's a really great way that we can still give back and participate and and volunteers love it and honestly if you're at work right now I mean so many people are short-staffed and it's stressful being at work sometimes and so to be able to step away for one hour twice a month it's a very limited time that you're gone but you come back and you feel so good and it's just fun and you get to do a fun craft or an activity and it's just you get those warm fuzzies and you go back to work and it just I think it helps to recalibrate the entire rest of the day Mm -hmm. in a positive way. How many adults and youth are involved overall? Between the lunch buddies and the mentors, would you say? We have around 60 total community-based matches right now, and that's between Brainerd, Crosby, and Pequot. And then we have, and we've seen quite a bit of growth in Crosby in the past year, year and a half. In our, in our partnerships and then in our school programs, we started Lunch Buddies here again at Crest last year for the first time since COVID. Um, and I think total and for Lunch Buddies, we have around 50 kids between Brainerd and Crosby right now. Um, okay, so for the students and mentors, is there, if there are more students and mentors, is there a wait list? Would a mentor possibly be matched with multiple kids or how how does that part work? Because that seems like that could be a little bit of a, a variable that oh shoot we have you know too many children applying for it and or not applying but too many kids wanting it and not enough mentors or we have so many mentors that now we're you know I'm assuming that's not usually a problem but what how does that part work that's a great question we really do we're a one-on-one mentoring program and so we really okay. do try to keep it at one-on-one with these partnerships you know but as as things change and evolve you know in our ability to recruit volunteers we also have to look at kind of what's the intersection between mentor availability and impact that we can have on the youth. So our mission is to provide intentional opportunities for meaningful connections. And so right now we do that through these one-on-one matches. And uh, that's, if we run into the situation where we have more kids, sometimes we will have a mentor take on more than one child during lunch buddies. Okay. 
in our community-based programs, we just don't do that. Um, it's truly one-on-one. We've often had families say, oh, I have two kids. Can the same mentor mentor both of my kids? And the answer is no, because we really want to make sure that these kids are having that one person that's their special somebody that they're not having to share with their sibling, because they already have to share with mom yep, and dad or, right, or their right. caregiver with somebody else. Yep. So this is their special person. Um, and we really feel that way with the lunch program as well. This is your special person, and we want to make sure that you have access to that one person. And it's the same volunteer. You meet with this, the child meets at the same volunteer throughout the school year. Um, we have, again, had it where we have had maybe two kids are with the same volunteer because we don't have quite enough volunteers. We really try to mitigate that by okay. not committing all the kids to the program until we have the volunteers. But sometimes, you know, we just, we assume we're going to have them and then we say, yeah, we, okay, we have 14 kids. Now we need to get them going. Okay. Do you have a need for more volunteers here in the Crosby Arrington School District? Yes. Last I knew we could still use a couple more volunteers. And okay. so, so if people are thinking, oh, this sounds interesting, I can think I could probably do it. They should yeah. follow that. <laughs> they should. And, you know, and even if we end up filling up, because I know Tiffany's had a couple of people apply in the last last couple of weeks. Um, so even if we end up in a situation where it's like, you know, we actually have one on one for everybody. It's great for us to have a waiting list because we have people that take vacations or they're snowbirds, uh, you know, and we really want that consistency. But if they if that kid knows that there's somebody that's going to still come and have lunch with me, mm-hmm. then that really makes a difference, too, because we just don't want anyone to feel like oh, you're gone. Mm-hmm. And you know, someone goes on vacation and maybe the kid forgets that they're on vacation and then they wonder, where's my buddy? There's mm-hmm. nobody here for me today. Mm-hmm. You know, if people are feeling like I would love to support kinship, but I'm not sure that being a mentor is the right thing for me right now. A, the benefit is also the, you know, it's kind of a double-edged sword of mentoring. There's always a need for mentoring. There's mm-hmm. always a kid. We, we always have a waiting list for community-based mentoring. No matter what we do, we just never have enough mentors. And so when you're ready, there will be a child who's waiting for you to be a mentor. So take your time. When you're ready, there like there will be a kid. And if you're thinking mentoring is just not really for me, but I love the program, I'd love to support it. We are always looking for financial support. We are a nonprofit. We're a 501c3. Um, we are a tax-deductible donation acceptor of that, or however you want to say that. We, uh, we're tax-free. So we encourage people, especially with you know the end of the year, for the year-end giving, if you're, if you're making some of those year-end donations and looking to decrease your tax burden, we are donations to kinship are eligible for that as well. So we do rely heavily on donations. We apply for a lot of grants. Uh, the Hallett Foundation, Hallett Charitable Trust has been a really great supporter of kinship. We, in fact, just received a $15,000 grant from them. Check just came in the mail today. So we're really grateful for them. They have consistently supported kinship in the Crosby area for many years. So, um, and then, you know, we have lots of great donors here in the Crosby area. Through our events, we get sponsorship for you know, CRMC has been a great one, Heartwood, graphic packaging, Rice Lake Construction. They've just been some really great supporters of Kinship over the years as well. So, and I'm sure there are others. I know, you know, Seth, John, or Seth Jackson, Edward Jones. I'm just trying to think of who's been sponsors for our mm-hmm. events, Midman. Uh, and then, you know, I have to give a shout out to Carrie Hoffman too at the Tack Night Canteen. She hosted us last year for Taste of Cayenne Lakes, which is at the end of April. So stay tuned okay. for tickets. But yeah. uh, she donated the space to us, saved us thousands of dollars and did a phenomenal job hosting our event last year. So she's already said she's going to be hosting us again this year. So we're mm-hmm. looking forward to that. And I know she had a Halloween party and all the proceeds from um, the door entry for the bands were donated to kinship partners as well. So we really appreciate Carrie and all she's done to support kinship and just the Crosby community has done a phenomenal job over the past, you know, 15 years and more, just really supporting kinship and mentoring and just the work that we do here and supporting your local youth. So I think it's a real testament to the community and the support that the community shows for the, for their young people and for each other. And 
we just will continue to grow. And again, we're looking for somebody if you want to join our team and you have ties to the Crosby community. That's always helpful for us to be a joint position between Crosby and Brainerd, but uh, we're hiring. <laughs> Good. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I think, you know, nice work with Project Unite too. I think it's really, so it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I think it's really great that, you know, to be able to have these resources, to people talking about what's happening and all the good things that are happening in the community mm-hmm. within the schools, especially because mm-hmm. our school, our schools work very hard to keep our community strong and to educate our kids. And they, they, uh, they do a lot. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for joining us today. Don't forget to check us out on our Facebook page, Project Unite, where you can find all the opportunities to get involved in our CI school district. Rangers are better together.